This is Seattle's Morning News. Can a university tell its full-time instructors how to live their personal lives? The Board of Seattle Pacific University has affirmed its lifestyle policy. And uh, to tell us how that's allowed, let's go to former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So we're talking about Seattle Pacific University, and, and what is their policy here? on, on uh, the lifestyle of their full-time staff? Under the lifestyle expectations section of their employee handbook, they say that employees are, and I'm quoting now, are expected to refrain from sexual behavior that is inconsistent with the university's understanding of biblical standards, including cohabitation, extramarital sexual activity, and same-sex sexual activity. So if you're an employee there, you're not supposed to cohabitate you are not supposed to engage in extramarital sexual activity. You're not supposed to engage in same-sex sexual activity. And marriage is between a man and a woman. So this makes it impossible for LGBTQ folks to work for Seattle Pacific University, at least openly, if they're going to have uh, any kind of you know a sex life. Yeah. So how is that legal? I thought we had uh, protection against that kind of discrimination in Washington State. It's legal because Seattle Pacific University is a religious organization. So, you know, under the Constitution's protections for the free exercise of religion, they're reserving the right, now I'm quoting them again, to prefer employees or prospective employees on the basis of religion, including the right to expect university employees to hold certain religious beliefs, to participate in certain religious observances, and to refrain from certain conduct based on the university's religious beliefs. And they point out that there are many faith-based universities that have similar policies, including many that are part of what's called the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. That doesn't mean this policy is popular, certainly you know, with their students, it's not popular with a lot of students at SPU, uh, but they argue that they need to remain faithful to their core religious beliefs and they want to remain associated with the Free Methodist Church, which was uh, founded in the early 1890s, uh, John and Charles Westland, uh, it's a particular uh, branch of Methodism, and um, they're arguing that to be consistent with their own statement of faith and their, their core mission, they not only have a right, but an obligation to hire employees who share the same beliefs and are willing to adhere to the same standards. Now, this has been an issue with the students for about uh, 30 years, based on what I've uh, what I've been reading. Most recently, in the case of a nursing instructor uh, who was apparently working part time, no problem, uh, and was was openly gay, but but was denied a promotion to a full time position because of this this uh, lifestyle requirements. That's my other question. If it's if the university waives the requirement for a part time employee. How does that make sense to enforce it for a full-time employee? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know how they would rationalize that. Perhaps they believe that full-time employees are more representative of the university somehow. Uh, and it is a hard policy generally for us to get our heads wrapped around in Washington State because we have strong laws protecting uh, LGBTQ uh, members from this kind of discrimination. It, it couldn't happen at your typical public or private employer wouldn't happen at a public university or college, for example. 
But this is where we run up against that tension between the right to religious expression guaranteed by the Constitution and other rights that are guaranteed by the Constitution or provided in statute in the case of these mm-hmm. civil rights. And, and because SPU has been around such a long time, it's a pretty good sized local university. Um, I think people forget that it is it is a Methodist university and they've decided mm-hmm. they're going to stick with that. And you, I don't believe that Seattle University imposes these kinds of requirements, uh, for example, even though the tenets of Catholicism Right. No, they do not. In the same direction. Right. But <laughs> I they, know professors that do get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's because they have they've made a, a decision as an institution to be more liberal uh, and and uh, more inclusive. I suppose Seattle Pacific University could make the same decision to be inclusive in those ways, but they've they've, they've decided not to. And apparently three board members from the board of trustees are not returning. Two have resigned and one has declined to be reappointed. So there must be some internal discomfort and dissension as well. Now, you sound pretty um, secure in the in your evaluation that uh, that SPU is within its rights. So this is not the kind of case that's going to go to the Supreme Court. This has already been, the question has been asked and answered. Is that correct? I think on the general question of whether or not religious universities can impose these kinds of requirements. I think that question is settled. If it ever was a question, I think it's been pretty well established. That's why SPU's board points to the fact that there are lots of you know, religious universities that have the same or similar requirements. It's not uncommon, in other words. They're, I think they're looking for safety in numbers here, but that's because the principle is well established in law. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thanks very much. Thanks, Dave.